Welcome, everyone, to the Ready for the Draft podcast. I am your host, Greg Schutz. This is episode 16 of the 2024 podcast series, where we take a look at the draft-eligible prospects and get you ready for the NFL draft. And we're at the end of January, which can only mean one thing. The pre-draft process is in full swing. All-star games are in full effect. We've got the East-West Shrine game that's going to be kicking off on Thursday, February 1st, and then the top showcase Jim Nagy putting together yet another great class at the Senior Bowl, Reese's Senior Bowl in Mobile, and I can't wait to get into the practices, really see how these guys show up, because I think this is a really a, a great crop of guys. We're going to hear a lot of names called in all three days of the draft, but I think the first two days, there are a lot of guys that, that have a lot of promise to be coming off the board in the first three rounds. And uh, I think what we'll do is we'll go through, take a look at some of the guys that I'm looking forward to at each of the positions for the Senior Bowl. And then obviously, I'm not in Mobile, but I'm going to try to get my hands on as much game film and, and practice film as possible to be able to really break down some of these guys who really showed up well and who are the guys that really have some work to do as we get into the combine. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into the quarterbacks. I think that's the first and foremost, the the big thing that everyone's going to be looking at. And uh, obviously you've got uh, the runner-up and number three in the Heisman uh, race with Michael Penix Jr., Bo Nix. And look, I think when you heard, if you heard my last podcast talking about the national championship and how Michael Penix Jr. and J.J. McCarthy both underwhelming performances and really left the door open for a guy like Bo Nix to step in as that number four quarterback, I went back and took a look at Bo Nix's film. And, you know, look, I think he, he's, if he can perform at the same level as Michael Penix Jr., if not elevate his game and be the top quarterback at the Senior Bowl and then duplicate that at the Senior Bowl, then he has a great chance of not only being that number four quarterback, but also hearing his name called in the first round. Comfortable off script, keeps his eyes down the field, understands coverages, where to go with the football, arm strength outside the numbers, into tight windows, so there's no issue there as well. He does struggle to come off the first read at times. You know, he'll fall away from pressure. So, you know, those are the things that obviously we're going to be taking a look at in this game. 6'3", 214 pounds. Um, you know, he's put a, to bed any of the issues that we saw at Auburn. Completely different guy. I think a lot of people talk about him having that Oregon offense force-fed to him. So I think this is going to be another opportunity to show what he can do. He can layer the throws over the, the linebackers in front of the safeties. He can make those downfield throws and understands Really, I said, you know, talk, you know, talking about understanding coverages. He knows where guys are going to be and where he needs to put a football uh, to really allow his guy to make a play after the catch. I think those are things that jumped out to me for Bo Nix, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do. Michael Penix Jr., on the other hand, 6'3", 218 pounds, flamethrower. That's the thing. The dude can chuck the ball deep outside the numbers, put it on a dime, uh, or put it on the money, right on the button, and uh, you know, can rifle it into a tight window as well. The guy lacks touch. That's the biggest thing that you've seen. Um, you know, hurts his intermediate accuracy. Um, you know, he, he can get disturbed by some constant pressure. We found that out against Michigan. You know, hadn't really been pressured like that uh, to, to that point because really he was playing behind the Joe Moore award-winning offensive line. And uh, there was a podcast that I covered as we were getting ready for the, the Heisman Trophy where I talked about how Bo Nix and Michael Penix Jr. were two of the quarterbacks that were protected the most. And, uh, you know, to me, I thought that Jaden Daniels um, 
there's just more to his body of work than than Nix and Penix Jr. And, and when when you look at Michael Penix Jr. though, you know, it, I, I wanted to see against Michigan, see him escape like he did against Texas, being able to sidestep, avoid that rush coming right up the middle, reset and fire. One of the things that, that he wasn't able to do was reset those feet. You know, if he's stepping back, throwing off a back foot, um, or when he's rolling out, suddenly that arm arm talent, you, you lose it because he just he looked very pedestrian on the move when he didn't you know couldn't reset his feet. And that's really on a lot of those intermediate throws. Rather than showing any touch, he's trying to gun it in there. That throw against USC where he finds Devin Culp along the sideline, that's a throw down the field as he's rolling out. So that arm strength is on display, but touch is really the biggest issue for him. Um, you know, He does do a great job coming off his first man, finding that secondary option. We saw that in the, in the game against Michigan, and, and we saw it really all year long. Uh, so he's a, a, an excellent processor. Um, obviously, the biggest issue is going to be health, and we're going to be seeing you know, really what the, the, the medicals, if they check out at the Combine. Four years at Indiana, four straight season-ending injuries. Um, but he stayed healthy to this point at Washington. That's really going to be the head-to-head matchup that you want to see at the quarterback spot. Um, obviously, there's also Spencer Rattler and, and Michael Pratt. You know, I think we've got six quarterbacks. I mentioned, uh, you know, Knicks and, uh, and and Penix Jr. and J.J. McCarthy, Jaden Daniels. Then, obviously, at the top, you also have Caleb Williams, Drake May. There's your top six. Who's going to be number seven? Who's going to be that next quarterback? I think it could end up coming down to Spencer Rattler and Michael Pratt, and I, I'm circling Spencer Rattler here. 6'1", 200. You know, started out at OU, had a really nice redshirt freshman season, struggled to get things going there for OU in his sophomore year, was benched in favor of Caleb Williams, ends up going to South Carolina, moving with Shane Beamer, who was coaching the, the special teams uh, there at OU. And uh, obviously, you know, kind of a rocky start to his junior season. Threw a lot of picks, 12 in, t- in, in total. But his performance at the end of the season was really what was impressive. Against t- Tennessee, against Clemson, um, you know, he beat two top 10 teams back-to-back weeks. Over 72% completion percentage, just under 800 yards, eight touchdowns, two interceptions. Um, you love the arm strength. You love the mobility as well. Seven rushing touchdowns there at South Carolina. Spencer Rattler, to me, uh, I, I think the biggest throw of his, um, you're actually watching Xavier Leggett get deep, and he actually has a defensive tackle in his face and basically delivering this huge blow, but he stands in the pocket, is able to throw the ball a good 50-plus yards down the field on the money in stride, hitting his receiver, Leggett, for, for a big touchdown. Uh, this is a guy who has the goods. Uh, it's just a matter of whether or not he can put it all together and uh, you know play consistently. Michael Pratt, look, 6'2", 200. He's improved every season, much like Spencer Rattler has. Um, but look, uh, you know, against Power 5 opponents, you know, he's played, played against four. Um, and you look at it, and 55.2% completion percentage, just 218 passing yards per game, eight touchdowns, two interceptions. The team went 2-2 two and two in those games. One of those was that victory over USC, but he was just 8 of, tw- eight of 17. That's 47.1% completion percentage. Did hit two big touchdown passes 
ended up with 234 yards and two scores. But really, that was Tajay Spears who should be getting most of that credit because he was the guy that really was the bell cow for the Green Wave in that win over USC at the Cotton Bowl. Um, but he, he's very athletic and uh, knows knows what to do with the football. Doesn't make a ton of mistakes. Does have 26 interceptions in his career. But look. Eight interceptions in each of his first two seasons had eight total in his final two years. The biggest thing is that jump in competition. How's he going to show up? Um, that's really what we're going to be seeing there at, at the Senior Bowl is, you know, can he keep pace with those other three? Obviously, when we talk about the Senior Bowl, the matchups that everybody wants to see are the one-on-ones. So you're talking about wide receivers and corners, but I'm going to really start in the trenches. We're going to talk about offensive tackles, going against edge rushers. And when you look at this offensive tackle group, no Olu Fashanu, no Joe Alt, no J.C. Latham, no Amarius Mims. Those are four of the top offensive tackle prospects. But what you do have, I think Fashanu and, and Joe Alt, I think Alt is the more complete player. Fashanu has all the athleticism and, and is kind of that flashier player. Um, but after that number three, who's it going to be? I think you could see uh, two right tackles in competition there, and and they're not named J.C. Latham. I'm looking at Taliese Fuaga out of Oregon State, Tyler Guyton out of Oklahoma. Fuaga, 6'6", 334 pounds. This is a guy who hasn't given up a sack in his career, um, just you know 23 pre- total pressures, and, and this is a guy who is very athletic, um, does get caught at times oversetting, can get you know susceptible to that inside move, but. Very, very athletic for a guy his size. Slides, the kick slide, very smooth. Uh, But the power is there. The grip strength, the power in his hands can anchor very well. And then when he climbs to the second level, he's headhunting. He's looking to take guys out on the move. And, you know, that aggressive nature, uh, he's a guy to me. You look at him at at right tackle, just pencil him in as a day one starter. And so, you know, could he end up cracking the top 10? I think that's a little rich, but, you know, definitely a guy that could be a top 20 pick. I look at Tyler Guyton the same way, 6'7", 327 pounds. Uh, the more I watch, the more I like. Um, just you know, no sacks given up this, this past season, only two in his career. And what's impressive is, is he started his career at TCU as an H-back. And, and so you know, he has that athleticism, H-back, tight end. You see the footwork, very athletic. Um, you know, he, he rivals uh, Olu Fashanu, if you can believe it. And then the power. Man, he's got some power in his hands. He will strike and knock guys to the ground. I'm looking forward to seeing the two of them display that power in the one-on-ones. Two other guys to, to really talk about there in the first round. Kingsley Suomataya, 6'6", 325 out of BYU. Tremendously athletic. I think that's another thing that you see with him. He, it's so effortless with the kick slide. Uh, his ability to climb to the second level. I mean, he he looks like a tight end moving out there at times. The big question for me is, is the physicality. I heard some people talking about him being a road grader, but I, I watch him also climb to the second level and you know, I know that you can still make a block by just getting in the way, but this is the guy I'm looking for him to finish. Find a guy, locate him, you know, get your hands on him, and ultimately drive him down the field, drop him to the ground. And you just, I didn't see that. I saw way too often he'd get out there to that second level, and he almost looked like he was lost at times. And so I really want to see what Suomataya can do. Obviously, the athleticism is what you can't teach. You can teach a lot of those other things. That athleticism, you just can't teach. want to see him get a little bit stronger as well. Um, you love the length. You love the athleticism for sure. Jordan Morgan out of Arizona, 6'6", 320 pounds. 
this is a dude that could have come out and been a potential first rounder um, at the end of the, the 2022 season. Had just one sack, um, 17 total pressures, and uh, ends up having a, a, a knee injury that really took out that season at the end of the year, but comes back in 2023 and looks sharp. Um, you, you love the, the knee bend. You love his ability to anchor. I think he's athletic enough to play tackle. There are some that are thinking he may kick inside to guard. Battles against Laatu Latu. We're going to get to see more of that here uh, at the Senior Bowl. And uh, I think Jordan Morgan is a guy that has a chance to sneak into the end of round one. Two other names to talk about. Patrick Paul out of Houston. Javon Foster out of Missouri. Patrick Paul, 6'7", 3'15". This is a guy that's just continued to get better and better there for the Cougars. Uh, just nine total pressures, one sack this past season. Um, you know, really pol you know, a polished game. Um, you know, he, he can be physical when you need him to be, very athletic as well, tremendous length. And then when you look at Javon Foster out of Missouri, 6'5", 319 pounds, um, 13 total pressures, just one sack this past year. Uh, look, you know, this is a guy, you know, 53 pressures and, and eight sacks in his career so what he's done uh this past season really tightening things up you know you see the the length the strength uh the power in his game um anchors well in pass protection very powerful as a run blocker but does he have the, the lateral agility and the foot speed to stay square to those edge rushers that's going to be a big question mark if he can answer that question then i think you know Foster solidifies his status probably as a third rounder, but he's he's one of those guys that I'm really looking forward to seeing play because I think he could really improve that draft stock. Now we get to the edge rushers. And look, I got to give it up to Liatu Latu, the 6'4", 265-pound edge rusher out of UCLA. He could have done what a lot of the other edge rushers did and opt out of the Senior Bowl, but he's there to show that he's better than Dallas Turner. He's better than Jared Verse, better than Chop Robinson, better than Braylon Trice, better than Jonah Ellis. Um, so he's a guy that's going to show up, and you want to talk about a complete edge rusher. That's what I see you know, in, in Leatu Latu, the best pure pass rusher in this group and, you know, and really in the draft. I think he can solidify his status as a top 10 pick. You love the bend. Um, you love the, the quick first step. He explodes out of his stance. Um, and then the handwork. That's one of the things that you just absolutely love. You'll see a, a variety of, of pass rush moves with those hands. Um, but that patented rip move as he's dipping and he's turning the corner, he really uses that, that outside arm to his advantage because he'll hook it and he'll kind of use that almost that, you know, to pivot his way around and flatten out and get to the quarterback. So that's something that um, I'm looking forward to seeing. Look, this is a dude who just was absolutely dominant in his two years there at UCLA. Uh, 15 sacks this past season, uh, 36 hurry, 62 total pressures, 26.2% win rate. Um, obviously, this is a guy the medicals need to check out. That's the big thing. You know, I think of a guy like Miles Jack with his knee and the degenerative issues um, went from a potential top 10 pick to falling all the way to round number two. Uh, Leatu Latu, um, you know, if you're not familiar with, with his issues, you know he, he had a, a head, and, head and neck injury at, at Washington, ultimately was uh, medically retired from the game, if you will, by the Washington coaches, found an independent doctor that ultimately cleared him, UCLA doctors cleared him, and obviously the rest is history. 
those medicals need to check out for him. I think you know they will. He's been healthy there at UCLA, and he's been a dominant figure. If that's the case, I think he'll end up being the first defensive player taken in this draft. Um, outside of that, obviously Chris Braswell is another guy that I really want to watch. Six three two sixty, a guy who was consistently putting pressure on the quarterback. Look, he's got Dallas Turner on the other side. I think you know, there's an argument that can be made about um, guys playing opposite those those studs. You look at Will Anderson Jr. What's going to happen with Dallas Turner? Dallas Turner still uh, a top notch uh, edge rusher so then the question was was Chris Braswell is it you know a lot of the fact that he was playing opposite Dallas Turner I really don't think that's the case I think this is a guy that could end up being a difference maker at the next level Um, really want to see what he can do can he bend the edge and get after the quarterback early and often there at the senior bowl a couple of the bigger dudes then we'll get to some of the the speedy guys Uh, you know Darius Robinson out of Missouri 6'5 296 Brandon Dorless 6'3 290 out of Oregon Darius Robinson, to me, is a guy that's continuing to move up draft boards. Eight and a half sacks this past season, 14 tackles for loss. This is a guy that that continues to win. Look, 17% win rate um, in in 2023, 27 hurries as well. Um, This is a guy that is versatile enough to to play a five technique. He can play inside of a three technique. Look, you know, line him up in a in an even man front at, at, at a defensive end, and I think he could get the job done as well. Um, so physical at the point of attack, setting the edge against the run as well. Um, physicality, you love his handwork. Um, very powerful. The speed to power is evident as well. He's a guy to watch out for. I think he can really um, continue to improve that draft stock. Brandon Dorless is another guy. Um, he's too quick for the uh, interior lineman. But he'll use that that leverage to his advantage. Plays with tremendous pad level, and he's going to get underneath that offensive tackle, forklift him back. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing that. This is a guy as well um, knows what to do when the football's in the air. 14 pass breakups in his career. Um, keep an eye out for Brandon Dorless, and then uh, Justin Aboigbe. There wouldn't be a season without an Alabama uh, 34 defensive end. Last year was Byron Young. This year is Justin Aboigbe, 6'5", 292. Um, a, a guy that I think continues to put put solid pressure on the quarterback. Seven sacks this past season. Um, so he's continuing to impress uh, with his ability to shed blockers, get into the backfield, um, both against the run and the pass. So he's a guy that I'm definitely looking forward to. I think he, he did a really solid job. 30 run tackles, according to Pro Football Focus. Uh, just two missed tackles uh, against the run. And, uh, you know, so I think Boygby is a guy that, you know, wants to showcase that he's not just stout against the run, but he's a guy that can also get after the quarterback. So expect him to, to have some pretty solid reps there in the one-on-ones as well. Let's talk about some speed guys. Adisa Isaac uh, out of Penn State and uh, Nelson Caesar out of Houston. Two of the quickest first steps um, of any edge rushers in this group, not namely Atu Latu, uh, with Isaac, 6'4", 249 out of Penn State. Um, you know, nine sacks this past season. Um, a guy that's just continued to get better and better each and every year there at Penn State. I think he was the forgotten man because everyone wants to talk about Chop Robinson and that explosive first step and the ability to just you know, drive into the backfield in a hurry. Um, but Adisa Isaac, 
you know, was consistent. And that's the thing that you really want to see. Can he consistently get after the quarterback here at the Senior Bowl? Nelson Caesar, 6'3", 250, uh, another undersized defensive end, but such a quick first step. He's a guy that I think um, is going to be that situational pass rusher, but a guy that, look, you know, when you're talking about nine and a half, ten sacks in 2020, uh, 2023, a guy that, uh, you know, has proven – that, that he can get after the quarterback. Look, you know, 10 sacks, 17 in his career, but uh, it's those 10 sacks. Um, a, a guy that teams are going to want to put him on their roster to allow him to get after the quarterback. I think he'll ultimately be a 34 outside linebacker, more so than a, than a defensive end, but you know, we'll have to see where he ends up falling there in the draft. Uh, a guy that I think probably will end up being probably in that fourth to fifth round range uh, because he is more of a situational pass rusher right now, but uh, a guy to definitely keep an eye on. And speaking of keeping a guys, you know, keeping an eye on guys, Austin Booker out of Kansas is one of the more intriguing players. You know, so athletic at 6'4", 245. Um, you know, played just six games in Minnesota in 2022, transfers to Kansas. He's a redshirt sophomore. Ends up with nine sacks, 48 total pressures, 14.8% um, win rate. A guy that I thought, you know, wanted to see him come back and really challenge for, um, you know, potential spot in, in the first round. But he's decided to enter the draft and uh, a guy that I think could end up having, you know, he's a boomer bust type of prospect because you don't know a lot about him. There's just the one year of heavy production there in Big 12 play. Uh, so what can he do at this level and can he bring it on a consistent basis? That's something that I really want to see. And then Javon Solomon out of Troy, 6'2", 249, kind of an undersized edge rusher. But look, the production there at the, at the group of five. You know, 17 sacks this past season, 48 total pressure, 17.1% win rate. One thing is evident, this is a guy that can get after the quarterback. He's quick, he's relentless, and uh, you love the motor. A guy that's going to continue. You know, can he play the run? I think that's really one of the big question marks for him. Um, but a guy that I think could end up putting on a show um, as an edge rusher. One last guy. Uh, to talk about, and that's going to be Cedric John, uh, Johnson. Well, two guys, really. Cedric Johnson out of Mississippi, Brennan Jackson out of Washington State. Cedric Johnson, 6'3", 265. You love the, the, the length, 19 sacks in his career. Um, he, he's strong at the point of attack, very powerful. Can he bend? That's the big question mark. And then Brennan Jackson, 6'4", 263 out of Washington State. You love the length with this guy. Eight and a half sacks this past season, 20 and a half in his career. He and Ron Stone Jr., um, it seemed like they were there at Wazoo forever. And um, you know, he's one of those guys that has, has really grown on me as I've watched Pac-12 play um, you know, over the last few years. Uh, has just continued to get better and better and better. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do out there uh, at the Senior Bowl and the one-on-ones. Which I know we'll, we'll get to the, the interior linemen, but we got to talk about receivers and corners, right? That's really what the sh where the showcase is going to be. Um, no Malik Neighbors, no Marvin Harrison Jr., Romo Dunze. Uh, they're not going to be there. But you know, no Xavier Worthy or Adonai Mitchell or, or Troy Franklin either. But two receivers that have a chance to go in round one will be there. The first one's going to be Xavier Leggett, 6'3", 227. We just talked about him uh, you know, with the Spencer Rattler referral there. And this is a guy that, look, you know, I think he had, what, just over 400 yards um, receiving in his career. 
until 2023 with a huge breakout, 97 total targets, 71 receptions for 1,255 yards, just 17.7 yards per reception, by the way, and seven touchdowns. You know, I saw some insane numbers, um, you know, pro football focus and, and others were, were noting that he, he ran over 23 miles an hour. Um, so I get these DJ or DK Metcalf vibes when I look at him, right? Big, physical, and a guy that can get vertical in a hurry. Can he, you know, we know they can run the vertical routes, but can he sink his hips and drive and run routes? That's going to be something that everyone's going to be looking at. DK Metcalf showed up at the combine and ran some of the slowest three-cone drill and short shuttles. Maybe the NFL has learned their lesson uh, with that, but if Leggett does the same thing, then I worry that he may end up slipping to round number two because of that, even though you'd think that the NFL would have learned their lesson with DK Metcalf. Um, you know, Devontae Walker, look, 6'3", 192 there at North Carolina. You know, we know that he, he ran into some issues there um, getting onto the field. Uh, you know, transfer from, from Kent State was ruled ineligible and uh, ultimately found his way onto the field. And look, he still ended up getting targeted 66 times, 41 catches, uh, just under 700 yards, 17 yards per reception, seven touchdowns. Was a difference maker there for uh, for Drake May. Was his number one target, a guy that can get vertical. Um, you want to see the route running. You know, that's one of the big things with him. Can he uh, be an effective route runner? One of the things that I love though was you know, he caught 10 of his 17 contested contested balls, uh, contested catches. Um, you know, that ra catch rate is just under 60%. Uh, he's a guy that I think, I think could be a downfield weapon. I think Devontae Walker to Kansas City just feels like that's going to end up happening. Um, that could be a potential match made in heaven for uh, for Patrick Mahomes. I think they hit with Rasheed Rice. They're looking for a receiver. It could be Devontae Walker. We'll see what he does there at the, at the Senior Bowl. Uh, Malachi Corley. There's a lot of talk with him. You look at him, 5'11", 210 out of West Car Western Carolina. Uh, I'm sorry, Western uh, Kentucky. And uh, is he the next Debo Samuel? I feel like he's Debo Samuel light. He doesn't run. He's not as explosive, doesn't run um, as polished of the routes. Uh, but he's physical after the catch, much like Debo Samuel. Can do a little bit of everything for you. Um, so that's one of the things that's intriguing. Uh, 13 drops in his career is, is a bit of a concern, but uh, he's a guy that I think teams are going to be looking at. Can he be a polished route runner? I think that's going to you know, really impact that draft stock. Um, if we're looking at guys in the slot, I think there may be no one better than, than Jacob Cowling out of Arizona, 5'11", 170 pounds. Uh, look, this guy was targeted 121 times this past season. You're going to look at it and say, all right, he had six drops. That's a 6.4% dro uh, drop rate. Um, you know, and, and so you're going to also look at the 33 drops in his career on 495 targets. You know, that's, that's about a 10% drop rate in his career. Um, so obviously that is a concern. That's the biggest concern that you're going to have with, with Jacob Cowling. He's got to show that he's a sure-handed guy, that he's a natural pass catcher. Don't let that ball get into, into his body. Teams are going to be looking at that because here's the thing. He runs tremendous routes. He knows how to get open and uh, you know can really plant and, and explode away from guys. You know, you remember seeing Zay Flowers just really leaving guys in the dust. I think Jacob Cowling has a chance to be able to do that. A couple of the bigger receivers I want to see. Uh, you know, Johnny Wilson out of Florida State, 6'7", 237, the long strider. Look, in 2022, he had a 20.9 yard uh, per reception average. We know that he's a guy that, that can get down the field in a hurry if you let him stride out. Um, 
you know, he's a red zone option. He's got a huge catch radius, but can he separate in that short area quickness? You know, that's really going to be the big question mark. I look at him. Why not, you know, convert him into a tight end, be a, a Darren Waller type? I think that's something that, uh, you know, could potentially be in the cards there for, for Johnny Wilson. Can you imagine him playing tight end with the way that he's able to run down the field? I, I think it's something to, to consider. I'll be curious to see if he ends up getting any time there at that tight end position at the Senior Bowl. Brendan Rice had a USC. Obviously, we know the bloodlines. Uh, the GOAT, Jerry Rice, his son, 6'3", 210. And uh, look, you know, 17.6 yards per reception with 12 touchdowns. You know, he's 210 pounds and 6'3", and a guy that can get vertical in a hurry. That's something that definitely ju uh, jumps off the film. Can he be a polished route runner? That's a big question mark for me. 10, 10 drops on 179 uh, targets. That's just 8.3 uh, drop percentage only had two drops this past season but my biggest thing is is that contested catch rate 25 percent for a guy that big you know you worry about his ability to play through contact can he go up and win those 50 50 balls that's something that i really want to see with brendan rice can he be a physical guy he, he should be more physical than that for a guy that's as big as he is um lab mcconkey ricky pearsall Two guys that are tremendous route runners, um, so sudden with with their their ability to, to get out of the breaks. They're a lot faster than I think guys expect as well. Um, so they'll they'll be two guys I'm keeping an eye on as well. You know, when I look at Ricky Pearsall, um, the catch, good lord, the catch of the year, his ability to kind of backhand um, that that football down the middle of the field. I, I still don't know how he was able to haul that in. But uh, he's a guy that I think his hands are going to be on display for sure. He and Lab McConkey both. And then Luke McCaffrey out of Rice. The brother of Christian McCaffrey. Uh, you know, 6'2", 195 pounds. Uh, the thing that is so impressive with him is his uh, contested catch uh, percentage is 61.5%. Uh, that's on 52 uh, total targets there. 32 receptions. That contested catch rate is even better than, than Marvin Harrison's. Marvin Harrison had a contested catch rate of 52.5% uh, uh, on 61 receptions. Uh, I'm sorry, on 61 targets um, in his career. So obviously that's something that is impressive there with, with Luke McCaffrey. Obviously Luke McCaffrey's played a couple more years than Marvin Harrison, I know. But still, when you look at the percentage, the percentage still is, is impressive. And so that's something that I think Luke McCaffrey, you know, is going to be you know, putting on display. A guy that look, he's not explosive like Marvin Harrison Jr., but a guy that could be a solid possession receiver at the next level. Look, you know, Justin Watson has really carved a niche out for himself. Um, and so I look at at, at uh, Luke McCaffrey. He could potentially be a guy that could slide right into a role like that. Corners. Who are the guys that are covering him? Top guy for me is Quinion Mitchell out of Toledo. You know, because obviously uh, there's no Terrion Arnold, there's no Kool-Aid McKinstry, there's no Nate Wiggins. Uh, but Quinion Mitchell, to me, is a guy that could end up being that fourth corner taken. Uh, the big question mark, obviously, when he was at Toledo, the Rockets had him mostly in off coverage, mostly in zone. Can he be a you know, in solid impressed man? I think if he could show that he can still also be impressed man and be a top cover guy and then also run that 4-3 that everyone thinks he's going to run at the combine, then it's a done deal that he's a first-rounder. This is a guy that uh, you know was on my radar uh, from day one there at Toledo. Uh, you know, 
19 pass breakups in, in 2022, five interceptions, 45 total pass breakups in his career. I mean, that's insane. And then you look at, at 2023, um, you know, 17 forced, uh, forced incompletions. That's a 27% forced incompletion rate. Uh, this is a guy, look, six foot 200. He, to me, you want to see him take on some of the bigger boys, see what he can also do against guys that are the route runners. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, seeing him perform. I was loving you know, the fact that Ennis Rakestraw was going to be there, but he had that core uh, injury surgery. Really bummed about that. This is a guy who has tremendous ball skills, very physical, a guy that I think can be a, a playmaker on the outside and has a chance to be a first-round pick as well. Outside of those two, um, there's some undersized guys that really jump out to me. Kalen King, 5'11", 189 pounds, um, but he plays bigger than his size. A guy that's going to play through the receiver's hands any chance that he gets, uh, can jump out of the building. So those 50-50 balls, come on, Kalen King is right there. You know, when you think, quarterback thinks he's got that height advantage, he's gonna show those, those bunnies and, uh, and make a play on the football. So you love that. The, the lack of size. Is he a guy that could be a, a Trent McDuffie type? I think that's something that we're really going to want to see. Mike Saint, Mikey Samer still, come on, out of Michigan. 5'10", 182 pounds. This guy had 37 receptions. Um, you know, 14.6 yards per reception. Uh, 2019 to 2021 as a receiver. Then he moves over to the defensive side of the football, and you can definitely see that that's on display. I think this past season was really uh, where he took hold. You know, had six interceptions and just really seemed to be at home, comfortable in coverage. You know, this guy as a nickel, um, sure tackler in the open field as well, and knows for you know for coming up and run support. He just understands what the receivers are going to do. Understands routes. To me, I look at Mikey Sainer still, and if he can have a, a solid uh, senior bowl and then a solid. Uh, combine. I'm looking at Mikey Sainer still as the guy that we should be penciling in in round number two. Chris Abrams Drain, another receiver, uh, converted receiver, 5'11", 178 pounds. This is a guy, looks seven interceptions in his career, 34 pass breakups. Another guy who's played on the outside. I think he may end up moving inside either to the slot or the nickel, but a guy, tremendous ball skills, does a great job locating the football and, and goes up and attacks the football in the air. Uh, Kalen Carson, look, this guy's battled injuries. You know, he's he uh, didn't finish the last three years due to injury. Um, he's mostly on the outside, uh, also in the slot. Um, he's a guy that, you know, is he, you know, how healthy is, is he going to be? Six foot, 195. I, I, I think he's a guy that is one of the better cover corners. Uh, really want to see that displayed here. Uh, Josh Newton out of TCU, six foot, 190 pounds. Um, Played in a lot of games, 59 games played. Um, you know, had seven interceptions in his career, six in one season, I want to say. Um, started his career at ULM with the TCU. The six interceptions were in 2022. Thought he, his play dropped off a bit in 2023. I think this is a, a way to redeem himself. Um, you know, I think Max Melton at six foot, 190 pounds. He's the guy that I'm going to really be watching for. Eight interceptions in his career. Also eight and a half tackles for loss. Likes to play around the line of scrimmage. That's going to be a lot of fun to keep an eye on for. Uh, and then you look at the HBCU uh, entrant there at the cornerback position, Willie Drew out of Virginia State. Six foot, 185 pounds. What got him here? Well, I mean, after he transferred from James Madison, 
to Virginia State in those two seasons, 2022-2023, all he did was put up 11 interceptions and 34 pass breakups. That in and of itself will, will turn some heads. Also have four and a half tackles for loss. So a, a guy that you know it looks like can play around the line of scrimmage. I haven't really gotten to see the guy play. I'm looking forward to seeing it because ultimately if, if he's a guy that can hold his own against some of these, these elite receivers, then he's the guy that's going to start rising up those draft boards real, real quick. So receivers, corners, those are going to be some of the matchups I'm looking at. Um, now let's move to the interior of that offensive line and, uh, and the defensive tackles. Uh, that's going to be another matchup that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And when we talk about D tackles, Byron Murphy the second. Look, no, no Johnny Newton, no Jerzon Newton, but uh, Byron Murphy the second is a guy that could end up being uh, either the first or second defensive tackle taken. 6'1", 308, 19.6% win rate, uh, 36 hurries, uh, six sacks. This is a guy that is going to win with speed. That's something that is absolutely evident. A guy that's going to look to get up the field quick off the football, um, arm over for days. You love the hand usage, but he can also hold hold the point of attack. Um, plays with excellent leverage that that allows him to anchor, hold the point of attack, then be able to shed the block and, and make a play on on the run game as well. Uh, his running mate, Devondre Sweat, look six four, three hundred sixty two pounds, and this dude, I mean, come on, uh, thirty one total pressures, fifteen point three percent win rate as a pass rusher at 362 pounds. Are you freaking kidding me? Um, this is a guy that, you know, yes, he is stout at the point of attack. He's one of those guys that can eat up blockers. Uh, I think Jalen Ford had to love playing behind these two D tackles, uh, the, the linebacker who will also be here at the Senior Bowl. And by here, I'm not at the Senior Bowl, but, you know, we're talking about it, so I, I say here. Um, but with, with Sweat, he also... Does a great job with his hands to shed the blocks. And then you see the short area burst to, to pursue the running back down the line of scrimmage and make a play. Um, you know, he's, he's so athletic. You know, he may not be quite on the same level of, of, of Jordan Davis, but I'm really curious to see, could he run a sub 540 at 362 pounds? That's really a big question mark. What's he really going to show up at? What's he going to weigh at the combine? Um, and what uh, what type of speed are we going to see? You know, I, I think teams really fell in love with Jordan Davis and the athleticism, and then he shows up, runs a four seven eight at 340 pounds, and uh, that really solidified his status in round number one. Is is T Sweat going to come off the board in round one? Maybe not. Um, you know, there, there's a, a good chance that uh, you know, great chance that he'll probably end up being a second round pick. But if he can show off that athleticism, maybe he can sneak his way up into the end of round, back end of uh, round number one. Braden Fisk out of Florida State, look, uh, 6'5", 297, the world, really got to see just the one year there at Florida State, but he's been a guy that's been busting his butt there at Western Michigan as well. He's so quick off the football, excellent motor, a guy that's going to be stout at the point of attack as well. Um, you're going to see a lot of speed to power. I expect to see some forklifts, driving guys back, collapsing pockets. Uh, he's a guy that is just a lot of fun to watch because the motor never turns off. Uh, so that's something that's definitely fun to watch as well. Six sacks coming from that defensive tackle spot for the Seminoles. Outside, I think those are the top three guys at the defensive tackle spot. But I'm looking at a guy like Dwayne Carter out of Duke. 
300. Uh, and a guy looking at his career, 24 and a half tackles for loss, 12 sacks, 11 pass breakups, 7 forced fumbles um, in 50 games there for the, the Blue Devils. But when I look at what he did in 2023, upon initial review, it's like just one sack, three and a half tackles for loss, eh, four pass breakups is nice. But you know, he just seemed to disappear at times. And that was really at first glance. The more I started watching him, you know, his ability to uh, speed to power, driving guys into the backfield. And look, you know, he may not have actually gotten home, but he was still able to, re to register and record some of those pressures. You look at 18 total hurries uh, th this past season, according to Pro Football Focus. So he's a guy to me um, with a, a good showing there at, at the Senior Bowl could solidify his, his status on day two undersized defensive tackles. Um, there are a few in this draft uh, draft class, and they're going to be there at the Senior Bowl. Michael Hall Jr. of Ohio State uh, and Tyler Davis of Clemson. They're both 6'2". Hall's a little bit lighter at 285. Tyler Davis is at you know 300. You've got Marcus, Har uh, Marcus Har uh, Harris. Is he a defensive end? Is he a defensive tackle? He's 6'2", 279. Uh, but I look at all three of these guys, and it's that explosiveness. It's the ability to, to get to win off the line of scrimmage and get into the backfield. That's really the big thing. Tyler Davis has had some injuries. That's going to be a big concern. Um, so I think teams are going to do a lot of their homework there with him. Uh, Michael Hall Jr., a guy that's going to get up the field, look to to pressure you. Uh, and then Marcus Harris is a guy that I think this past season had 11 tackles for loss, seven sacks. Um, this was really his big year. Uh, you know, he, he started at Kansas. Uh, for, for, for two two seasons, then he moves on to Auburn, and really it was 2023 where he put it all together. These are going to be three guys that I think teams will be comparing, looking at some of those undersized three techniques, guys that could end up being uh, those interior pass rushers. They're going to be going up against the likes of Troy Fatanu, Cooper Beebe, Christian Haynes, three of the top four or five guards in this draft. Fatanu, Left tackle there for the Joe Moore Award-winning Washington Huskies. You see the athleticism. You love his his technique. Um, a guy that's going to get on to the next level um, and and shows off that athleticism. I think he's going to be a, a Pro Bowl guard, Pro Bowl level guard at the next level. Uh, 6'4", 312 pounds. Definitely looking forward to seeing him in some of these matchups. And, and so, you know, if Fatanu has the athleticism, Cooper Beebe is going to be the, the mauler, a guy that's just going to look to beat you up. 6'4", 322 pounds. Man, you get him in space, and he just just delivers just some huge hits. Uh, very physical. That's something that I think absolutely jumps off the film. But you look at him, you know, not only has he played, but most of his time has been at left, left guard. But, uh, you know, just under 800 snaps at left tackle, uh, about 475 snaps at right tackle, a little bit at right guard as well. So you love that versatility to his game. He's one of those guys that I, I could see just stoning guys, just anchoring and not allowing any movement. He's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And then Christian Haynes, I mentioned, 6'2", 313 pounds, a guy that plays with a lot of leverage. That's something that I think definitely jumps off the film when I watch him play. Has um, given up just one sack and just two hits in the last two seasons. Um, so that's something that I think is, is definitely impressive when you when you watch him play. Um, after that, Graham Barton out of Duke. 6'5", 314 pounds. He was a left tackle at Duke. Has a little bit of experience at center. 
430 snaps in his career. Those were all in, in 2020. He's battled some injuries, so I think there's going to be a concern there. I think that may be what moves him out of round number one. You know, the other question mark is, is really where do you play him? You know, the lack of arm arm length will likely kick him inside. Is he a center? Is he a guard? I think at the end of the day, he's just a, a, an athletic football player who's continuing to get better with that power and strength. I want to see, you know, is he healthy enough, first of all, to be playing at, at the Senior Bowl? If he is then he's a guy that I think could end up surprising some people because I think he can win at a lot of different positions there. Um, speaking of a guy that, that can play different positions, uh, Dominic Pooney out of, out of Kansas, 6'5", 320 pounds, the junior. Look, no sacks, no hits, just eight total pressures uh, this past season there for, you know, as a left tackle for the Jayhawks. Um, look, you know, in 2022, didn't give up a sack, just eight total pressures as well. Uh, a, a guy that has just been very polished but lacks some of the length, lacks you know some of that ideal foot speed. A guy that I think can kick inside and be a starter early on at uh, at guard. A guy that could end up finding his way into round into uh, day two consideration. I think a big game, uh, a big week here at the Senior Bowl. That's something that we could absolutely see. Uh, there's some other tackles that'll probably kick inside to guard. Uh, Sataoa Laomea, they're out of Utah. Um, he's played a lot of right guard um, and some right tackle. I think he ultimately needs to slide inside. Uh, really struggled uh, at, at times there at, at that right tackle position. Really left guard uh, or right guard is going to be his home, uh, probably on the right side. Uh, Ladarius Henderson out of Michigan. This was a guy at Arizona State was just an absolute stud um, at guard. And then you know he's moved outside to, to left tackle. And uh, you know I, I thought... Foot speed, again, he struggled with that. Lack of ideal length also got him into trouble. 6'4", 315. Get him inside to guard. That's where he belongs. Isaiah Adams of Illinois. Looking forward to seeing what he can do because he's better suited at guard as well. He's a guy that can that can drive, you know, really create some movement in the run game. Um, you know, could probably be a, a solid pass protector as well at that guard spot. Has no business playing right tackle. Want to see what he can do inside a guard. And then the centers. We got three of the top four centers in this draft class. Actually, I should say four of the top five. Um, you know, Zach Frazier. This is the guy who was a four-time high school champion wrestler. Uh, 6'4", 306 pounds. Uh, just seven total pressures given up this year. Uh, plays with excellent leverage. You know, He's got a mean streak to him. A guy that is going to look to the, the grip strength and then the torque to be able to, to drive guys, to turn them and drive them into the ground. He's a lot of fun to watch. I think the more uh, you know, the more I watch him, the more I've solidified. He's my number one center. Number two is going to be Jackson Powers Johnson out of Oregon. 6'3", 320 pounds. Look, uh, just one hurry. That was his only pressure in 2023. Uh, just two total pressures in 2022. Um, and look, at 2022, he played at right guard. You know, most of his uh, most of his time, a little bit of left guard, you know, one play of left guard, a little bit at center, a little bit of right tackle. But uh, 2023 moved to the pivot and it was a Remington Award, a Remington Trophy winner, showing the ability to climb to the second level and just punish guys. Um, and so that's something that I think definitely jumps out 
I think those are two guys that are looking to really separate themselves from the rest of the group. Cedric Van Praan has a lot of experience, 6'4", 310 pounds. You just worry about the, the lack of ideal arm length. That's really a big concern there with him. But, uh, man, he's played in a lot of big games for Georgia. And, uh, you know, 34 pressures given up, just one sack in his career. I think he's a guy that uh, you know, may fall just a little bit because of some of the other guys that are ahead of him. But uh, to me, he's, he's one of those guys who's, who's got a pretty polished game overall uh, outside of the, the lack of ideal arm length. And then Tanner Bordellini out of Wisconsin, 6'4", 310 pounds. Um, you know, this is a guy who is tremendously athletic. Um, you know, he's played all over the line there for the Badgers. Um, at least 175 snaps at, at four positions. Um, obviously, center is, is the main main spot there. That's where he'll be at the next level. But that athleticism, his ability to climb to the next level, uh, his ability to anchor uh, against the bull rush, and then the, the lateral agility to pick up guys, blitzers. Um, Bordellini is a guy that I think is flying under the radar. And with a solid performance there at the Senior Bowl, he's one of those guys that I think people more people will be talking about him. Um, I think that's, that's evident for me. Um, so that'll now take us to the tight ends. No Brock Bowers, no Jatavian Sanders, no Kate Stover which gives this group you know, to, you know, a chance to really showcase what they can do. Um, I'm looking at Ben, ben Sinnott, 6'4", 247 out of K-State. I want to see what this guy you know, looks like as a tight end primarily because, look, he played all over the place. He was a fullback. He was an H-back, tight end, a guy that could, you know, he was in the slot, played him a little bit out wide, in line as well. Uh, but look, you know, 669 yards receiving, uh, 13.9 yards per reception, six touchdowns. He, he did a little bit of everything there for the Wildcats, and uh, I think he's one of those guys that wants to be able to show that, hey, I can play tight end. Yes, I played a lot of different positions, but I can be a, a solid tight end. He's one of those guys that I think is going to be trying to make a push to be uh, you know, a top five tight end in this draft. Jared Wiley out of TCU, 6'7", 260. He's a monster of a dude. Uh, teams love the, the size. And uh, look, you know, he scored eight touchdowns. He's a red zone freak uh, with, with that size. You know, I think that's something that, that uh, definitely jumps out when you watch him play. Um, they lined him up wide at times there uh, with, with the Horned Frogs. And, uh, you know, just put the ball up, let him go and attack the football. That's something that you're going to absolutely see from him. Jaheim Bell, what is he? Is he an H-back? Is he a buffed-up receiver? He's 6'3", 230, um, a weapon that, uh, look, you know, he, he lined up in the slot, lined up in line, um, a lot of times at that H-back spot. Did have four drops this past season, um, but a guy that, you know, could be a mismatch uh, with, with the coverages. Could be too big for, for safeties and uh, too quick for linebackers. So it'll be interesting to see him in those one-on-ones. Um, one more guy for me is, is Tanner McLaughlin. A lot of talk about a lot of tight ends not named Tanner McLaughlin, and I think he's one of those sleepers. 6'5", 240 pounds, um, you know, 45 catches for 530 yards and four touchdowns this past season. But, uh, you know, if Noah Fafita got into trouble, I know that he had, you know, Tedaroa McMillan and Jacob Cowing at his disposal, but... Tanner McLaughlin was a guy that they could find, whether it was in the 
in the flat, up the seam, running a corner route, crossing routes. He was a reliable target. No drops this past season. Um, a guy that just continued to find ways to, to make plays for the Wildcats. And he's just a guy that's flying under the radar and a guy that I, I think could end up turning some heads. I really do. Running backs. I think everybody's going to be talking about Marshawn Lloyd. He's probably the top back in this in this senior bowl class. 5'9", 212 pounds, started his career at South Carolina, transferred to USC, um, 816 yards on the ground, 7.1 yards per carry, nine touchdowns. Uh, you know, there were three fumbles, which, you know, obviously that's a concern. And uh, when you look at, at him overall, um, you know, I, I want to say there were, I think there were eight fumbles in, in his career, eight or nine fumbles. You know, the, the ball security is something that's going to definitely be a concern for sure with him. But what you love about him are his feet. Such quick feet, the ability to make these jump cuts, make guys, defenders miss in, in the backfield, in the hole. And then that lateral quickness to bounce it to the outside and has tremendous speed. He was a difference maker for that Trojan offense. When he was in the game, difference maker. Able to make catches out on the outside and, and knows what to do with it as a pass protector, as a pass catcher. 34 receptions in his career. Marshawn Lloyd, really the ball security is going to be the biggest question mark more than anything else. Uh, another guy who's, who's put together some pretty good tape and, and has showcased his ability to, to make plays as a, both a runner and a receiver, uh, and that's going to be Ray Davis out of Kentucky. 5'9", 205. Um, look, you know, he, he, he transfers from, from Vanderbilt to Kentucky, goes over 1,100 yards, 5.7 yards per carry, 14 touchdowns. Um, Six fumbles in his career, you know, not something that you necessarily want to see, but uh, man, you, you love his ability on the outside. He runs with a low pad level between the tackles, can be very physical. The contact balance is there, and then 32 receptions, 10.1 yards per reception. Um, you know, watching him run some wheel routes, his ability to, uh, to adjust to the football is phenomenal. Um, and then Cody Schrader out of Missouri, what a freaking story! Uh, 5'9", 215 pounds, and uh, you know it's one of those stories that you just can't you just can't write, right? Um, started his career at Truman State. You know that's crazy. Truman State in, in Kirksville, and uh, Truman State, also known as Northeast Missouri State, that's what it was known as when my dad went to school there. Um, so a four-year four-year stud at Truman State transfers to Mizzou and this guy wasn't able to get a scholarship ends up walking on uh, to the Tigers and what does he what does he do uh, ends up stealing the starting job away from Nathaniel Pete and then 2023 leads the SEC in rushing with over 1600 yards 5.8 yards per carry 14 touchdowns um, also had 21 receptions out of the backfield this is a guy that ran for over 100 yards against both Georgia and Ohio State in 2023. The only running back to make that claim. You know, these are two of the top top defenses in the country, and he was still able to, to do that. You love the, the contact balance. 851 yards after contact. 51 missed tackles forced. Um, you know, 39 runs of 10-plus yards. And he just seemed to get better and better as the game went along. Cody Schrader, to me, 
went from a guy that nobody really knew to Burlesworth Trophy winner and then finished eighth in the Heisman. And he went from being an undrafted free agent, really an afterthought, to a guy that I think is going to find himself drafted. And I think he'll be a much better pro than people are giving him credit. Um, Want to see what he can do there at the Senior Bowl against a lot of these guys. I think he, he'll be someone that'll turn heads and have people saying, what, what in the world did I just see? Um, you know, I think Kamani Vidal out of Troy, I think people want to see what he can do uh, with this group, um, elevating his game, playing you know, group of five. Uh, Jalen Wright out of Tennessee, Jawar Jordan out of Louisville, um, speed merchants on the outside. That's something that uh, you want to see that speed on display. Imani Bailey, 5'8", 201. Um, you know, 2023 was really the, the big year, over 1,200 yards on the ground. Finally got a chance to really showcase what he could do. And uh, so that's going to be – he'll be a guy that's going to be tested – Quite a bit. Is he a one-year wonder? That's going to be a big question mark. And then Dylan Lobby out of uh, New, uh, New Hampshire. 5'10", 207 pounds. You want to talk about a guy that, I mean, the, the receiving is what really turns turns your head. Over 1,200 yards on the ground in 2022. But, uh, you know, this guy, uh, 117 receptions in, in the last two seasons, including 68 catches for 699 yards. 10.3 yards per reception and seven touchdowns in 2023 to go along with 715 yards on the ground and nine touchdowns. You know, the receiving yards, I mean, we see some receivers with those types of numbers. So he's a guy that I think want to see what he can do with that step up in competition. They'll be going up against safeties and linebackers. I think when we look at the linebacker position, I look at a guy like Peyton Wilson and I say, yeah, this is a guy, if you're going to try to find somebody who's going to be the next uh, Jack Campbell, a guy that could potentially sneak his way into round number one. Peyton Wilson would be the guy had it not been for the shoulder and knee injuries. But when this guy has been healthy, the guy is special. Just the instincts, you know, they're off the charts. 402 tackles, including 138 this past season. 48 tackles for loss, 15 sacks, 7 interceptions, 13 pass breakups, and a partridge in a pear tree. This is a guy that's going to showcase his ability to run sideline to sideline. He can blitz and get after the quarterback, but he can also drop into coverage. He's a complete three-down linebacker. To me, look, you know, if he doesn't get drafted in round number one, which you know the, the likelihood of that happening is probably not going to happen, but if he falls to day two, let me just remind you that uh, there was a guy by the name of Fred Warner, who was drafted number 70 overall by the San Francisco 49ers in the 2018 draft. Now, we talked about Peyton's numbers. Let's look at Fred Warner at BYU, shall we? Um, 262 tackles, 32.5 for loss, 6.5 sacks, 7 interceptions, 13 pass breakups. My goodness, they sound very similar, don't they? And Warner was 6'4", 230 pounds there at BYU. Peyton Wilson, 6'4", 235 if he falls to round number three, someone is getting a steal. We already saw that with Fred Warner. We could see the same exact thing with Peyton Wilson. I think he's a, a, a pro bowler and an all-pro just waiting to happen as long as he can stay healthy. That's the big question mark right now. Uh, Cedric Gray out of North Carolina, 6'2", 235, uh, a tackling machine. See that sideline-to-sideline side ability. I think that's something that's going to be on display for sure. Um, look, another guy that people are really going to be looking for, the, the next Dre Greenlaw. Who's that going to be? 
you know, a guy that ends up falling to, to round number five, number 148 overall by the Niners. You know, they're at, a, at Arkansas. 321 tackles in his career, 13 tackles for loss, had three interceptions. Um, you know, but a guy that, you know, frankly, the linebacker position has been devalued to some degree. And I really don't know why, because you look at San Francisco, that linebacker play has really, uh, you know, catapulted them into you know, being the defense that they are. You saw uh, Alex Anzalone stepping up and making some big plays there for the Lions down the stretch. Uh, you know, from Willie Gay to Leo Chanel to Nick Bolton when he's been healthy, KC getting linebacker play as well. Uh, you know, teams at the top, their linebackers are a big, big important piece of that. And so I, I look at, you know, Tyron Hopper out of, out of Missouri, you know, over 200 yard, or 200 tackles, 29 tackles for loss, eight and a half sacks, nine pass breakups to go along with an interception, 6'2", 228 pounds. Is he a guy that could potentially fit that Dre Greenlaw mold? You know, that's a possibility. Um, how about Tyrus Knight out of, out of UTEP? The Miners. You know, this is a guy that is a tackling machine. Um, 6'2", 240 pounds, 140 tackles this past season. 15 and a half going for loss, four and a half sacks, seven pass breakups, a uh, couple of fumble recoveries and, and a forced fumble. Guys all over the field, just under 400 tackles, 32 going for loss in his career, eight and a half sacks overall. Uh, he's a guy that I think could, could end up really improving that draft stock, get into that fourth to fifth round range. I think it'll be in that early to mid day three conversation. Um, Edifon uh, Olafosho, 6'1", 235, an undersized linebacker there out of Washington. But uh, what I, I love about Olafosho is, is that coverage ability. You saw that on display in the national championship, taking on Roman Wilson, a guy that was showing blitz and then able to get outside on that out route on that fourth and two play attack really had his back turned to, to the quarterback and was still able to get his hand in and make a play on the football. The big question is going to be health with him. I think that's really going to be uh, the key thing there. And uh, because look, you know, this was his first year where he played an entire season, you know, just five games in 2022, four in 2029 and 20, uh, well, Obviously, there was COVID there, but six in 2021, uh, nine in 2019. So this is a guy, can he stay healthy? That's going to be a big question mark. But, uh, you know, he's a guy that, that is worth a late round flyer because of his ability to drop into coverage. Um, I'm curious to see what Nathaniel Watts is going to look like. A guy that nobody's really talking about. He's 6'2", 245 pounds, but a guy that just has that ability to get after the quarterback. You know, I, I think a lot of talk, rightfully so, about... Edgerin Cooper, but at 6'2", 245, you know, this is a guy that racks up 137 tackles, 13 for loss, including 10 sacks, 21 in his career, 35 going for loss, 30, 377 total tackles. Can he drop into coverage? That's a big question mark for me because this is a guy that makes a lot of tackles, makes a lot of plays. Um, obviously, when you talk about defensive tackles, Nathan Pickering and, and Jaden Crumity really kept he and, and Jet Johnson clean, and they were able to make a lot of plays. So, you know, Jaden, uh, I think Pickering is at the East-West Shrine game, but, you know, Jaden Crumity, that D-tackle, is going to be at this game. Want to see what he could do 
eating up blockers and allowing those linebackers to make some plays behind him. But I think Nathaniel Watson is a guy, a team is going to be very surprised and very happy with him at uh, you know sometime on day three, fifth, sixth round. I think he's a guy, if he can showcase his ability to drop into coverage, then that's something that I'm really going to be excited for. Uh, Jalex Hunt out of Houston Baptist, 6'4", 246, transfer from Cornell, was a Southland Conference Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, a guy that can definitely get after the quarterback, um, covers a lot of ground and coverage, um, even against slot receivers at times, which I thought was crazy. I, I had to, uh, when I heard about that, uh, I had to see the, the film for, my, for myself. Um, but a guy that um, is a tremendous athlete, and I think that's one of the big reasons why that you know they got him onto the field. Um, but uh, you know, 20 and a half tackles for loss in his two seasons there um, at Houston Baptist, 13 and a half sacks, an interception, five pass breakups. Um, a, a guy that again the athleticism for days um, and then you love the size I mean he's a big dude and flies around at 6'4", 248 pounds guy that played some end end of end linebacker for them I'm curious to see what he looks like um, and you know can he stack up against these guys uh, you know, at uh, the, the FBS level and then finally we got to get to the safeties real quick before we wrap up the podcast Cam Kitchens is the top safety I mean where do you put Cooper DeGene is he a safety? Is he a corner? Is he a, a nickel? Is he a slot guy? All he is is a football player. I mean, the guy, the versatility, he's a playmaker. He'll be a first rounder. Is Cam Kitchens going to be a first rounder? Maybe, maybe not. But look, you know, 5'11", 2'02", a guy that knows how to make plays. 11 interceptions in his career, 15 pass breakups. Tremendous range. That's one of the things that's so impressive on the back end. You know, he covers a lot of ground, but then he's not afraid to stick his nose uh, in the running game as well. Um, I think that's something that you want to see. Can he cover? I think he can. I think we saw some of that uh, this year. You know, not only covering ground on the back end, but also the coverability. That's something that I think teams are really going to be looking forward to seeing. Javon Bullard out of Georgia, 5'11", 195. Javon Bullard is another guy that um, I, I think is going to be a, a top safety in this draft class. Um, you know, he can play corner. You know, he can cover. Um, has pretty good ball skills. Um, a guy that that play likes to play around. You know, the box, but then he'll also get back and uh, showcase that range. So that's something that we're going to be looking forward to seeing. Jaden Hicks out of Washington State, 6'3", 209. Just want to see how fluid this guy is. He's a taller safety, so you worry about stiffness in the hips. He's one of the more fluid guys on the back end, though. Uh, and so I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. Um, Jalen Simpson out of Auburn, 6'1", 178. He's played in, played a lot of positions there for the Tigers and uh, just was a, a veteran leader for the Tigers and uh, the, obviously the best secondary guy. They've got three secondary players here at the draft with, uh, I'm sorry, at the, the Senior Bowl with Nehemiah Pritchett and, and DJ James as well. Um, and when you watch Jalen Simpson, I think safety really was his best fit four interceptions this past season, took one of those back to the house. Um, so he's a guy that I think teams are going to want to see what he can do, cover, you know, you know, not only with the coverage ability, uh, but also what he can do on the back end, see some of those instincts. Tyke Smith out of Georgia, I think he really got on the, everybody's radar uh, with some nice years there at West Virginia. Kind of an undersized guy, you know, he's only 5'10", 
198, but he's physical and, and a guy that's going to look to make plays on the football. Um, have four interceptions in his two years there at West Virginia. Um, you know, didn't you know played in just one game in 2021 season-ending injury, but uh, 2023 was his best year. Really got a chance to uh, to be that that nickel um, and star back, if you will. Uh, 70 total tackles, eight and a half tackles for loss, a couple of sacks, four interceptions. Did a little bit of everything on the back end, um, you know, and that's something that I think teams are going to be wanting to look for here. Bo Brady, um, out of Maryland, 6'1", 210, physical pre- presence at the safety position. Sione Vaki, only a redshirt sophomore, six foot, 208. I think he was a bit of a surprise that he was coming out, but also a guy that is just a damn good football player. Um, they lined him up in the backfield this past season. 42 carries, 317 yards, two touchdowns. Also had 11 receptions. Um, you know, when we're talking about guys. You know, you think about Shohei Otani playing both both sides. You know, pitching and hitting. Um, you're seeing a lot more of that. You know, obviously Travis Hunter playing corner and receiver there at uh, at uh, Colorado. People weren't really talking about uh, Baki with with that as as much. You know, 51 tackles, eight and a half tackles for loss, two sacks. Um, his presence was really felt around the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, I think Cole Bishop, uh, you saw more of him on the back end. Cole, you know, but Baki was a guy that really wanted to deliver the big hit and uh, wanted to make his presence felt. Want to see what he could do, though, on the back end, you know, in coverage. What does he look like there? A couple of guys out of uh, the state of Oregon, Evan Williams, 6'1", 194, physical presence, started his career at Fresno State. Uh, Kitan Oladapo, a veteran guy there, 6'1", 194, um, makes it, made a ton of plays for the Beavers, veteran presence yet again. Um, so those are guys that I'm definitely excited to see and really see what they can do. Um, you know, can they can they drop into coverage a little bit? Can they line up against the receivers, maybe the tight ends and, and running backs? What are we going to see there? Um, and then Malik Mustafa. This guy is interesting. 5'11", 207 out of Wake Forest. Um, you see his, his ability to close in a hurry coming downhill. Uh, watch that Florida State game. Deep ball thrown to Darian, uh, Darian Williamson on a post. Gets the depth, made a leaping play on the ball, knocked it away. This guy has a 36-inch vertical leap, 23 miles an hour on the GPS, and then a 1,300-pound lifter for the bench squat and clean. Um, so you think about the athletic freak, you think about him as a workout warrior at the combine, but he's also a guy that can make plays uh, on the back end of a defense. And so he's another guy that I think might be flying under the radar a little bit that people aren't really talking about. But uh, 80 tackles this past season, had a pick, a couple of pass breakups, five tackles for loss, has 15 tackles for loss and four sacks in his career. But again, can he be a playmaker in coverage? Does he have the ball skills? That's something we saw that against Florida State. Didn't really see a ton of that as the season progressed. So really the big question mark is going to be, can he do that on a consistent basis? Um, Play in and play out with a lot of these reps, especially in the one-on-ones. Can't leave this without talking about the, the specialists. Will Reichard, Josh McCarty, two of the best kickers in all of college football. Will Reichard, look, um, just missed two extra points, 84% field goal percentage. Um, 
He was 119 of 119 in the last two years with his extra points. Was Just seemed to be a, a big-time pressure kicker there for Bama. Um, and then Joshua Cardi out of Stanford, 6'3", 205. Um, missed just one extra point, 72 of 73 in three years, 85% field goal percentage. These are two guys that I think could absolutely get themselves drafted at the at, as kickers. But uh, I think the guy that everyone wants to watch is Torrey Taylor out of Iowa. 6'4", 231, he's a big dude. I mean, he comes from Australia, that Aussie punter, and uh, really just turned into kind of a cult hero there for Iowa, a team that really had no offense, and really their offense was the punter because he was able to really change field position in favor of the Iowa Hawkeyes. Uh, A guy, you know, 46.3 yards per punt in his career over 13,000 yards 13,657 to be exact this past season um, really upped his game 48.2 yards per punt on 93 punts that's insane the flip side of that Austin McNamara out of Texas Tech who had 46.3 yards per, per punt on just 55 so 55 total punts I mean it's insane over 4,400 yards this past season. The Ray Guy Award winner, I mean, of course, it had to be, right? He's the guy that everybody tuned in to watch. I think if a team is looking for a punter, Tory Taylor is going to be a guy that's going to hear his name called um, earlier in on day three than I think a lot of people are going to be expecting. A lot of fun to watch. So those are the guys. Obviously, Oh, the log snappers. Peter Bowden there at Wisconsin, 6'2", 230 pounds. Played in, in 27 games for the Badgers. And then William Mode out of Georgia, 6'2", 230 pounds, 29 games played there. Uh, you know, 14 in each of the last two seasons for the Bulldogs. That kind of rounds everything out. So those are the guys, the specialists. They don't get a lot of love You know, a lot of times. You know, we only know their names usually if they make a mistake. Bad snap with the long snappers, missed kick, uh, a shank punt. But these are guys that I wanted to give some love at the end of the podcast because you know they're guys that could be difference makers at the end of games. You know, and really that, that's something that uh, you know the momentum shifts with a, a huge punt um, that could really come come in handy for a team. And uh, I think teams will be on their eye uh, watching the special teams as well. So there's my comprehensive look at the Senior Bowl. Took a look at a lot of guys that I'm going to be looking forward to seeing play. It's not just the one-on-ones. We're going to see a lot of the different drills. And then also on game day, who are the guys that are going to be able to play well when the lights are brightest. You know, And I think we're going to know a lot more about who a lot of these guys are um, at the end of this week of practice and uh, you know, after the game there on February 3rd. And then we'll get ready for the combine. You know, we'll know who the invites are. We'll take a look at all 300-plus guys that will be invited to the Combine, uh, take a look at the guys that we want to keep an eye out for, and uh, we'll do that Combine preview. And then after the Combine, obviously we'll be breaking down each of the positions, who really stood out both positively and negatively as we then start springboarding into talking about free agency, talking about the individual workouts, and really start molding the mock drafts and really getting that picture at that point of the the draft boards will really start to 
become a lot clearer. So hope you've enjoyed the, the ride to this point and uh, you'll stick around for some more. Until next time, everyone, for readyforthedraft.com, this has been the Ready for the Draft podcast. I've been your host, Greg Schutz. Take care, everyone. Enjoy your weekend. Until next time, I am out of here.